But no, he gets answered in the order, in the queue, just like everybody else. Are you having a Taylor Swift themed Super Bowl? We're going to have Tay Tater Tots. Ah, right? Pish posh. But I Watch know. it. Greetings and welcome to another potentially useful episode of the TCAP Sloop Podcast. My name is Larry Burden, and she's willing to take you to the water if you're willing to drink. It's Danielle Brostrom. Before we crouch under our desk to take cover from Danielle's truth bombs, let's gird our courage with this week's TCAP Sloop moment of zen. It gets better. A lie gets halfway around the world before the truth has a chance to even get its pants on. Winston Churchill. No. Are you sure? Did you fact check it? I did not. Okay. Well, it was on Brainy Pokes. I did not. <laughs> but that seems like... A lie gets halfway around the world before the truth has a chance to get its pants on. <laughs> fact check that one. We need a fact checker. We really need a fact checker. I really checker. do think. That okay. seems like okay. that. I'm feeling pretty... I think I've heard that one before. Okay. Sure. Then. On BrainyQuotes.com. <laughs> on BrainyQuotes.com. Okay. Yeah, we're, how do I get back now? Uh, how do I get back? Okay, what are we talking about today, Danielle? How about that? I just threw it right to you. I'm not taking responsibility for this. Fabulous. We're talking about information literacy, and we are going to give some love to InfoLit. On your rundown, you had it separated, InfoLit, hashtag InfoLit, separated into five different kind of subcategories, which I was really excited about because... I've always kind of lumped them into the same thing and used them haphazardly without really, I'm like, they're all the same thing. But you had a really nice description on how these things are different. So would you like to kind of run through the five and the differences between them? Yeah, sure. I was really hoping I got that right. I was hoping so too. I was just counting. Are you fact checking me? I am fact checking you. I'm fact checking you through this entire podcast. So they they do kind of get lumped together. And when we talk about those five, we're talking about digital literacy, news literacy, media literacy, AI literacy, and then information literacy. New kid on the block. New kid on the block. Um, so I it's do. It's hanging tough. That was my favorite band in the nineties. Back to professional Danielle in that nineties. <laughs> 90s girl. Um, just said that. That Larry, is definitely singing stop. the pop. That is definitely singing the pop. <laughs> I want to sing now. Um, so, but but it is easy to get them confused. And it, they do all kind of, we talk about digital literacy. We just, we kind of throw that term out. But digital literacy is really how students are using information and communication technologies effectively, responsibly, and ethically. So it is how we interact and live in a digital world. So that that's one piece of this. And then when we move on to news literacy, that's focused in on helping students understand the role that credible information and a free press play in their lives and in a robust democracy. It really is looking at the credibility of news that's coming in and other information. We talk about media literacy. That is a really broad discipline, teaching students how to access, analyze, evaluate, create, and take action using all forms of communication, including entertainment media. AI literacy, the new kid on the block, that is a tough one because our kids today have grown up with AI just kind of being embedded in their lives. It's helping them 
what they need to watch next or what they need to watch, man, what they want to watch next or what they should be watching next on Netflix, should in air quotes. Um, it's helping them get the fastest way to school in the morning. It's it's just kind of always been there for these kids growing up, but taking some time to actually understand how AI works, how you can build them, um, how they can be biased, how they can be problematic and then how to use them for good. I think that's all kind of encompassed in that new kid on the block, AI literacy. And then information literacy is the one that's really aligned with our library sciences. I mean, Steffi is an expert on information literacy. It's helping kids find, evaluate, and use information effectively. It's kind of all of the above. And that's why we wanted to spend the month of February and kind of give some love to InfoLit because... Our students and our grown-ups, we all need to be thinking critically about what we're seeing online. So instead of just taking in everything, we need to be looking at it with that lens of, is this true? Is this bias? Is this trying to get me to do a certain thing or act a certain way or purchase a certain product? We just need to be thinking critically about what we're seeing online. So it is important that we teach kids how to think about this and how to do that lateral reading and how to. So when you say lateral yep. reading, so, you know, one of the question I was going to ask you is, so what are some of the skills that we're talking about teaching when we bring up those five topics? Lateral reading is one of them. So kind of explain that. Yep. Lateral reading is a big one. Lateral reading is when you see something that makes your brain go, huh, I wonder Open up a new tab and like do... The, like the moment of Zen. Like the moment of Zen. Open a new tab and do some research and see what comes up. See what kinds of sources are reporting on it. Kind of fact check yourself, but fact check it in a different window so that you're not fact checking on that same source. You can also do a Google reverse image search. For example, one of the things that we have the students do for this project this month is there's a picture of a gorilla knitting at a zoo. And you need to fact check whether that image is is real. Would you share it? How can you tell if it's, if it's legit or not? So you do a Google image search. So you right click on the image and you search Google for the image and it will show you where else on the internet you can find that image. And that just helps you discern whether it is from a reputable site or not. And those kinds of strategies, I don't feel like we teach them anywhere else. I feel like grown-ups need to know them. Kids need to know them. It just needs to be part of what we do in our daily life as we are digital citizens and we interact with the world online. A number of years ago, TCAPS had a, it was our TCAPS Tomorrow 2 seminar. And the keynote was Alan November. His keynote was a lot about using Google search tools to better leverage the search engine. And one of the things that I saw in the tools that you were sharing in the Daily Sparks. The Daily Sparks. Uh, one of the videos was some of those same tools and how to, again, leverage and maximize Google's search functionality to do the that lateral reading when you're trying to find out or think critically about a topic. I hadn't seen anybody talking about this for a number of years and to see that come up and go, oh, that's right. That is such a useful tool, especially now. 
those are the tools that we can and should be including in the daily instruction that we're giving our students. What are some of the, uh, some of the other tools that they could maybe find in, in these daily sparks and maybe talk about the daily sparks a little bit? Yeah, so you said it before um, that there's a lot of noise out there. So how, how do you filter your way through that noise to find things that are relevant? And um, there are a lot of resources out there for teachers who are interested in helping their kids kind of navigate this tricky topic. There's good resources from Common Sense Media. There's resources from the News Literacy Project. AIEDU has some resources out there. What we wanted to do in TCAPS, Steffi and I worked hard on this project to kind of go through the resources and pull out all the things that we loved, that we felt like were super manageable, uh, super engaging, and we wanted to put it in a format that was convenient for teachers. So if you walk into a teacher's classroom, um, I think it's been a new fad, maybe like the last five or six years. I feel like everyone is teaching from a slideshow all of a sudden. They've thought through their day. I mean, it's brilliant, right? They've pulled up all the relevant videos and all the relevant content and all the vocab they want to do. And then they turn on their slideshow at the beginning of the day and they work their way through the slideshow. Again, Gen, Gen Z, is it? They, they got it going on. Something I wish I would have done 15 years ago when I was in the classroom. So we wanted to give teachers something that they felt comfortable with, something that was plug and play. They can just grab the slides that they want or grab the slide that they want for that day and stick it into their daily slideshow. And we have a slide deck of, it has 16 slides to start. We thought that was enough to get them going. We kind of want to see how it goes and then we will add more. That's our plan for later. But the slides are all organized with some kind of an engaging spark. It could be a picture. It could be a video. Some of them, we took some graphs that we wanted kids to analyze some graphs because they do see a lot of graphs online. Sometimes it was music that they were going to listen to and then have some discussion. Sometimes they were going to a website about a new tech product that then they were going to have discussion on it. But all of that is right there on the slide for the teachers along with a couple of thought-provoking questions. And then in the notes section of the slide, we added in additional resources for staff so they could feel confident talking about this or if they wanted to learn more about this topic or about this specific skill. And then just some answers if they wanted help guiding through. A lot of them, though, it just says answers will vary. The discussion is important because the kids are the ones that are going to be either deciding how AI is used in the future or just a lot is going to come up when you're talking to kids about these really, really engaging, exciting topics here in information literacy. And teaching kids to be willing and able to have those discussions, which is a skill onto itself. Yeah, so we need to learn how to not only think critically, but also how to disagree kindly, with respect, respectfully. So I think that part of that can happen in these conversations as well. Some of the th things that we're pulling in, I told you about the gorilla knitting at the zoo. Uh, one is the Pope in the puffy jacket. I know that went through. The robots playing pickleball. Baby Yoda. Gizmo files lawsuit against Disney over Baby Yoda. Claims company stole his likeness. From Empire News. Again, fact check that one, Larry. The snow day predictor is on there as well. 
because my boss fact-checked me on that one day. He was like, wait, you cannot use a snow day calculator to predict whether we're going to have a school a school day tomorrow. So critical thinking is important for grown-ups too. But I think that this is really uh, manageable for teachers. It's really accessible. And this is open to anyone who wants to use it. We'll put the link in the show notes. Even if you're not from TCAPS, I highly recommend make your copy of the Daily Sparks, make it yours and use this stuff in your classrooms. So you'll be able to, if you're a teacher, to just copy and paste a specific slide for your day to add to your slide deck. And And if it works, we'll add more. Um, I do want to note that AIEDU has something kind of similar and they do have 160 of them. Theirs are 100% for secondary. Um, And we wanted something that was a little more flexible. You could kind of use in in elementary, you could kind of use in secondary. These would be great for secondary news shows. Use whatever resource works for you is what we're trying to say. What else do you have on on the docket to try to get kids engaged and involved in this type of thinking? Well, we have, right now we're working on getting teachers involved. And um, after they share a slide per day with their class, we're going to have them fill out a quick form. And obviously we have prizes for them. But we also have some swag. We created these little information literacy pins. I've got one. Do, do you have one? I have one. Yeah. So we have uh, News Ninja, Media Maven, Fact Finder, Mindful Media Mentor, Media Literacy Maverick, and Reasoning Rockstar. And they're all... Um, these, I do believe I'm a Reasoning Rockstar. Are you? Yeah. We have these cute little pins that you can... Um, we, we give them to principals, and they're just passing them out on their campuses. They see either teachers or students demonstrating their information literacy prowess or are just info curious. So if they're kids that are interested on this kind of stuff, they can end up with some swag and hopefully teachers and students will wear their flair and collect them all. This is truly cross-curricular. Give me some ideas on how this could be used in some of our different curricular areas. Okay, ELA is, that's an easy one because you've got kids doing research all the time just different topics. So that's an easy one that you can add those in. Social studies, I think about some of the graphs, I think, well, actually, let's go to math because the, the the graphs are really important for math. We often see statistics and graphs in news articles, and it's important for kids to know how to read them. The ones that we chose for our um, slide presentation came from the New York Times. They have a great what's going on this in this graph section. So we picked out some ones that were really engaging for students. It's a really interesting way to introduce students to some high-level math concepts at a very early age. It makes it accessible. You don't have to go deep into, you know, algorithms and things like that. But to introduce those concepts visually to some younger learners might get them on the road to get over that hump when they get to the higher math lessons. Yeah, and the, and the graph-specific slides that we're using are using that protocol, that that visual thinking, where you're asking them, what do you notice? What do you wonder? What do you see? So that's really accessible for, for kids of all ages. I feel like this can go anywhere because no matter what subject you teach, I mean, if you teach PE, you're still bringing in data, you're still bringing in things from online and you're you're sharing them. So it gives you a good chance to add in that critical thinking piece or even just do a talk through when you're sharing what you found. Talk to the kids about how you kind of had to navigate the waters of information literacy to get to something that was useful. You know, I was looking for this video on X. I 
I had a really hard time searching YouTube because, man, that algorithm was just wanting me to to click on all this other stuff. And, you know, I didn't look at this one because this one looked a little sketchy. Like, you just talk to kids about how how you as a grown-up navigate through that. I think that's important, too. It's funny you were talking about our physical education classes, mm -hmm. and I couldn't help but think about our podcast two weeks ago and the, the book Big and diet culture, yeah. Andy's diet culture oh. and all that. And critical thinking, when you think about physical education and different health fads that come and go, yes, any type of yes. critical thinking in, in media literacy would be helpful yes. in discerning whether or not this is a fad or a legitimate claim. And in music and art, we've got all of the things that are being created right now using AI. The, the Johnny Cash sings the Barbie girl or the way that these sites scrape art. There, there's so many discussions that can be had within the content about whether that's okay or not and how we can make that better. Very true. This is good stuff. Excellent. Actually, so. excellent stuff. Then there's deeper discussions to be had about this. I think it inherently creates opportunities for dis classroom discussion. I know it inherently uh, created discussion pre-pod here. Just a little. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. <laughs> yeah, uh, TCAP sloop after hours. There we go. <laughs> I love it. All right. Hey, do we have a tech tool of the week? We do. Tech tool of the week. Um, MediaWise is a great place to start your journey if you're interested. Um, MediaWise, I found it on YouTube. Uh, it is a nonprofit that most of their videos have teenagers and they're talking about AI or how to get out of your news echo chamber or they're debunking conspiracy theories. It's pretty sweet. I just like that it's done by kids. I think those are really engaging. So MediaWise, check them out on YouTube. You had some of their clips in I did. your slide deck. Yep. Yeah, that was really cool. I thought they're, they did a they're, great they're, job. They talked yep. to kids. The first video that comes up when you go there is a kid saying, the internet sucks. <laughs> and then he goes on talking about it. And I was like, whoa, you might have to edit that. But I don't know. That was engaging. <laughs> like immediately sucked me in and it would totally suck in a kid. So check it out. They know what they're doing. We might not know what we're doing, but they know what they're doing. Hey, Danielle, where can uh, we find you online? at Brostrom DA on LinkedIn and a couple other social networks if you can find me. All right. Uh, you can find TKF Sloop on LinkedIn, Facebook, the artist formerly known as Twitter, currently known as X, and Instagram. Rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pocket Cast, Podbean, CastBox, Overcast, Bullhorn, or wherever else you get your ear candy. Thanks for listening and inspiring. We made that we safe. We got this.